Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for a special episode of this week's podcast, a bonus podcast, if you will. We got a big, big European matchup this weekend, and I'm not talking Real Betis. I'm not talking Huddersfield. No, I am, in fact, talking Liverpool City this Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, I guess daylight time now, not even standard time. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got an hour. That's all. I'm yeah. Talking. All I know is 1130 Eastern. Um, so we're going to make it work. But we wanted to do a bit of a podcast today talking about obviously each team talking about the you know previewing where each team has been over the last couple of weeks and months. And um, we couldn't really think of, you know, a lot of people that we wanted to bring on. But of course, our former teacher, mentor and coach. Mr. Brian Zalaski is here to uh, to talk to us today a little bit about his beloved Liverpool, and um, we're going to talk to him a little bit about the team, a little bit of how he's feeling before Sunday, and and of course we'll be watching the game with him uh, on Sunday at a bar of his choice. Probably he'll he'll have to tell us where, but yeah, Mr. Zalaski, thank you for uh, for coming on with us today. Elias, that introduction was wonderful. Uh, you, you got you guys. You guys probably know the bar scene way better than I do. I'm an old man at this point, um, so so I know we haven't decided on a place yet. But I'm going to take your recommendations um, about that. All right. But, yes, we can come I'm up with something. <laughs> we can figure it out. Don't worry. <laughs> We have a lot of time. We have For sure. Time. We, and we have even more time because we have that extra hour you were talking about. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly the mentality that we have. But, yeah, Mr. Z, I mean, obviously you've been a, a Liverpool fan for for a while now. Why did you, I guess, let's start off. Why? What, what made you become a Liverpool fan from the start? Um. Well, so back when I was growing up, we didn't actually have any way of watching uh English Premier League um, and so when I, I I would learn about the teams when I was younger because uh, growing up in uh, outside of New York City um, in like the, the Poconos we had a lot of New York stations and so one of the stations was MSG um, and this station would show uh, and it was basically like the New York Mets New York Knicks um, like Sort of, sort of like our NBC Philly station, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, every now and then, like every other Sunday, they would show these half an hour just highlight videos of the Premier League. Um, so this was like basically like ninety eight, ninety nine, um, around that time frame. And so <clears throat> at that point, I really didn't have a team I was supporting or anything like that, but I would see these highlights and I would start learning some of the famous players' names and all of that. Um, but I, I felt like I was always drawn to Liverpool, mainly because um, I was also a Beatles fan. Uh, yeah. So I knew of the city, I knew of the, the clubs there. And then... Um, the point where I really became uh, a pretty big fan was I was studying abroad in 2005, my junior year, and obviously uh, 2005 is, uh, you know, Champions League final in Istanbul, uh, Liverpool, AC Milan, and the comeback, you know? Um, And so uh, knowing about that game, watching that game, um, and always sort of feeling like I had an affinity for Liverpool, um, I think that sort of cemented it uh, after after that comeback and win. 
And the city itself is just very, it's a, it's a, it's a working, it's a blue collar city. It's a working, uh, people city. And, uh, now having been there a couple of times, been fortunate enough to been there, be there a couple of times. Um, I think I've been, uh, I've been even more drawn to it. So. Oh, that was so lovely. I, <laughs> that, that, was, that was much different than uh, when Andy came on and kind of explained how he became a Liverpool fan, which was basically just him. <laughs> well, I'll have to ask him when we see what his story was. Yeah, like, yeah. It was a little. No, it was. It was like somewhat. Ro- it was somewhat romantic. Go down the chart. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Table went down the table. Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit of a. I mean, he, he said that it was more or less because they. I think they were founded the same year as his. Family's company was founded, but that couldn't be right because I think it was like nineteen. I think he said nineteen oh five, and I was like, wait, yeah, no, it was the numbers were off. Come on, Andy, eighteen ninety two. It might have been not. He might. It might have been right. I. I, But but that was. He had a little bit of a romanticism with them because of that. But I think that was pretty much it. I I like. I like your uh, backstory a bit better. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell him we said that. (laughs) Of course, of course. Um, But. That's my biggest question for you, right? For right now, obviously, we but we all know this. Liverpool have never won the Premier League title, even though they are second in England in terms of overall trophies behind Manchester United. But they have not League won titles. Yeah, but yeah. Not Premier League. Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean, they along with United are the two most successful English teams in history. Yeah. But like I said, haven't won a Premier League title yet. Um, They've won, obviously, leagues before the Premier League era. So we've come very close, right? Many, like, multiple mm-hmm. times, multiple times. Obviously, the latest the one, the latest one obviously being the, the 2013-14 season, that unfateful slip, which in, in a match, uh, as you know, I'm a Chelsea fan, in a match that I expected us to get blasted where we were starting just... It was it was a classic Mourinho game, but um, where where were you? Where were you? I was watching that game. I was watching that game, and no, but, I know. But like, where were you watching it? Were were you? I well, so you were you were what junior year of high school? Junior year of high yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. I was watching it either at my house or someone else's. So. <laughs> But Mrs. Z, Mrs. Z was running uh, a marathon, a half marathon in Jersey. Oh wow! So I I staked out like a bagel shop. Oh. <laughs> I, had, I had a TV, and so everything like seemed fine because he he slipped in the second half, I think. Right? Yeah. Wasn't it late? No, I thought it was first. It was the first half. It was the first half. It was the end of the first half, though. No, oh, yeah, you're right. That's you're right. right. Yeah. So it was the end of the first half. Uh, so I was in the bagel shop. I then go out, do my do my duty, support uh, Mrs. Z, and then we <laughs> we went to we found a bar at the finish line, and then I was like, I, I, I was convinced that they were going to come back, um, but but it never happened. So somewhere on the Jersey Shore are the are the tattered dreams of a Premier League title <laughs> for, for me. Uh, and I'm, 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 I'm never going back. I'm never going back to the Jersey Shore. Yeah, so, I, I think that's very fair. So, so obviously you've seen the ups and downs. I mean, at the same time, you've seen your team win the Champions League multiple times, which is more than most other of our uh, friends who sure. follow who follow the Premier League can say. But 
this is different, right? This season, I mean, last season must have felt different too, I'm sure, but this season, yeah. the resiliency with this team is unbelievable. Like, I mean, we've probably been saying it for weeks and weeks now. I mean, Alex and I have talked a bit. I was saying that I didn't think they'd, until maybe like last week, maybe two weeks ago, I didn't think that they had about three or four straight weeks where they were winning games and they weren't looking that great in it but you had at the same time you had to think okay this team last season wouldn't have won wouldn't have won these games so that resiliency in this team is unbelievable so with the all the emotion that comes from watching a team consecutively come back from games <laughs> and, and score late and be really really emotional emotional endings to games are you allowing yourself to get caught up emotionally? Are you trying to stay grounded here? Like, where, where are your emotions at? Are you, are you trying to be like, okay, it's still very early in the season, it's a six-point lead, or, or are you just letting it all like wash in and, and just enjoying the moment? Um, I think, um, you know, after the heartbreak of the 2013-14, you know, I'm letting it wash in. You know what I mean? Like, the that's why we follow sports, right? If we didn't get emotionally invested, what's it all worth? You know what I mean? Um, I think, too, that the feeling last year of that team and that success uh, has, like, upped the ante a little bit. Um, I think, too, that... Uh, the sort of comebacks and things of like this season. Um, I mean, this is what great teams do, right? This is exactly what great teams do. They, they come back, um, when all seems lost. Um, they get those lucky bounces, those lucky breaks. Um, you know, I, I hazard to guess that the last year, if VAR were around, you know, there, there might be a few goals that Man City scores that uh, get get taken back, and maybe that changes a result or two. I don't know. Um, Who knows? I don't want to get into a VAR talk. I can't do it anymore, Mrs. Z. I can't do it. I can't. I know, but the impact of VAR has been so felt this season. And, like, and I would say more often than not, it's sort of gone in, in Liverpool's favor. Though last week, it definitely did not. Um... <laughs> But, but what, what I would say is, like, this team does feel different and everything does feel different because of, basically because of Klopp, right? So the, the 2013-14 season with, uh, with the barrage, Brendan Rodgers leading it. I mean, he's obviously, <laughs> he, he's obviously a really good manager, right? I mean, Lester has been sort of middle table for the last couple seasons after their remarkable season, right? 2015. But I mean, he, like he knows what he's doing clearly when he has, when he has pieces, he can put them together and he knows what he's doing, but it's always, it seems like it's within sort of underdog mentality. That doesn't, that doesn't feel like this team and it doesn't. And it's sort of hard to have that underdog mentality with Klopp at the helm you know what I mean he just inspires yeah. like confidence 
you know, and belief, uh, not only is not only in the players, obviously, and they love playing for him, but in the fans. I mean, dude, when he goes, I, I, I would do anything to be in the cop end when he comes over after a game and does his fist bumps. Oh, my God. That would be so and, awesome. And he pumps the crowd up, like, during the game, like, in moments of of the team seem like they're a little low energy, or he, and he just wants the players themselves to get a little energized. And he, when he turns around to the fans and he's pumping them up, that's, I mean, that's amazing. And he's doing it. And more or less the English version of Dortmund where, you know, you go to Dortmund, you have yeah. that also just intense environment. You have the the big yellow wall. And, and so he's yeah. like been in these situations. He's been in these great, like intense atmospheres that he's that he's managed in. And he just thrives off of it and also knows how to, I guess, use it to his players um, advantage as well, too. Yeah, and he's, I mean, that whole, I've read a bunch about him, like, that whole persona is not, that's not fake, you know, I mean, that, that's, that apparently is him, that's who he is, is that guy who's, like, that sort of passionate, that sort of loving, that sort of, um, I don't know, like, I don't know another word to sort of put with it, like, he's just, he is, he's that charismatic, like, um, and so, uh, what he what he did at Dortmund and what he's doing at Liverpool it's it's essentially the same thing but it's just him being himself but I think he he's smart enough to recognize the history and use that to channel it for the present you know what I mean yeah um, but but he also I mean when he got there let's not forget when he got there he very much was like it you guys are all doubters you people are, are doubting yourselves the team all of it you need to turn from doubters to believers Um and I, I think he's done that. And I think it's been a shift from being like, uh, you know, we may never win the Premier League again or win a league title to, you know, we, we finished with, what, 97 points last year and finished second, which is remarkable. You know, let's, let's do it again. So, yeah, no, I'm enjoying every second. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I like your chances if you get in the position again where uh, City needs to win 14 straight games to win the league. <laughs> <laughs> I like your chances if they have to be put in that position again. That's right. That's right. Totally agree. Yeah, well, speaking of City and kind of shifting our focus towards this upcoming oh, weekend. Hold, hold on. Hold on one second, fellas. I got to say, I got to say a night. Night night to Owen. All of right. Course, of course. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. We should we should keep this in the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I, I agree, I agree. It, it'll be in there. I'm not editing it out. Yeah, so picking up where we left off here, um, talking about this weekend's game now. Um Rihanna and I were kind of talking about how I guess over the last few weeks we kind of think the team has started to gel a little bit more, at least visually been performing better than they had in the earlier parts of the season. But there is this lack of chance creation that we've seen from kind of a mixture of the forward line and the midfield. Does that concern you going into this weekend? Is that something that you're afraid of when facing a city team like this? Um, I guess so. I, you know, to be honest with you, I think my, my bigger concern my bigger concern seems to be the defense. Um, and basically, and by the defense, I mean Bishop Lovren. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the best defender in the world, one of the best. Like he said last <laughs> I season. Well, yeah, according to him. Um, <laughs> I, 
like when when Joel Matip went out and uh, I, I knew that that was going to be a big deal. Um, not not nearly as big as for Man City losing Laporte uh, and company pretty much in the same year. Like that that obviously has been pretty devastating to them. Right. Um, but I, like to me, I I don't. While I love Klopp, as I as I just noted, I don't really understand why he's not willing to give uh, Joe Gomez a go. Yeah, because um, I, 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 I think he's so he's he's proven himself as a as a quality defender. He's going to be their. They always talk about how he's going to be their center back for the future. Um, so that that to me probably is a little bit more concerning than the midfield combination going forward. I would say. I would say that Fabinho, um, when he's not in the lineup, it, it feels like a different. Uh, that it feels like Liverpool is much more exposed um, defensively because yeah. just how good and solid he is as a defensive center man. No, I, I totally agree on both points. I, I guess I'll just start with the Joe Gomez thing. I think I remember saying Ellis like very, very early in the season that I, that I thought he would end up being it would be him and Van Dyke, and I thought he played really well at the end of last season. And I, I genuinely was surprised that he wasn't um, getting more time. But I also at one point understood that you know Matip has been almost what probably would you say as good as Van Dyke this season when he's played. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, and, and then so uh, you know, I would I would love to see Joe Gomez start more than than Dejan Lovren. I'm I'm with you on that end. <laughs> um, but in terms of the midfield, yeah, I think Fabinho, Fabinho is, and it was so weird, right? Last season he didn't play him for months, and the, and Klopp just kept telling him to calm down, and yeah. he's coming along. So he had, he had to get up with the speed and exactly the game and all that. Exactly, and, and and now we're seeing the fruits of that labor, right? And mm-hmm. he's been. Mm-hmm. Arguably the the best holding mid in the league this season, right? Um, I, I don't think that would be too crazy to say. And like you like you said, he's such an important cog in your midfield. There, I wonder, are you a little surprised too? I'm sure we're I'm sure we're going to see Oxley Chamberlain. I hope Ellie's and I were just saying that we think that he's going to start. He probably will start this weekend, or we'd like to see him start start at least. But are you a little surprised or? Kind of wanting to see a bit more of uh, Nabi Keita get a chance because he came in against uh, was it the United game? He came in and I think there was a stat that he made more forward passes than any of the um, the three midfielders yeah. in like the twenty minutes that he played. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, like so that's a he's another one that I um, you know that clearly Klopp wanted him to take some time to get used to the speed. Um, he's really exciting going forward. Um, you know, uh, if I had my choice or my, my pick of the everybody and everybody's healthy, I probably still would go with a Fabinho, Henderson, uh, Wijnaldum, uh, midfield three, just because of their experience, um, because of how well Fabinho has played, um, because of Hendo's leading uh, le- leadership ability and just his his heart and fight in his engine. Um, and then Wijnaldum finds ways to support the front three that I think that I don't know a lot of the other midfielders find ways to do that. Um, you know, 
if <clears throat> Oxley Chamberlain has a history of playing well against City, um, I mean the Champions League um, run two years ago when he, I mean he had a brilliant goal against them before oh, rocket. Um, yeah. he ended up tearing his knee up. Um, you know, I, will he show? Maybe because of that history. Um, but you know, to go back to your question about Navicata, like I would love to see him in. I just, I wonder. I wonder if this is the game to do it. You know what I mean? Right. Or do you go with your strongest 11 or your not even your strongest 11, but your most tried and true 11? Yeah, I, I guess that that is always the the kind of the the real dilemma there cuz you want to play the guy that you think is going to help create chances, you know, obviously help with creating chances and you think will be a little yeah. Overall, it's, it's over. You think he's overall probably a bit better of a player than um, as much as you, I know you like Wijnaldum, but you know, as he might be a little bit more talented of a player than that. But you don't sure. also want to expose him to such a massive game, right? Um, where yeah. he's coming in almost, you know, not cold, but coming in in his first. It'll be his he first start of the season. He first played a lot. Yeah, yeah no, it'll be his no, first no. Yeah, yeah, Premier League start. Yeah, I mean, or maybe it's one of those things where you where you start him, and if if he's not been good or or shows that he's been slow or or maybe not up to the pace of the game, you sub him after fifty sixty minutes or something, and then get one all of them in there. Um, I don't know. I mean, everybody saw the uh, the turn that Wijnaldum had uh, in the Barcelona game. Uh, Sorry, Elliot. Sorry. <laughs> I was—I uh, knew we were talking about it when you had to I step mean, out. It's gonna come up eventually. Uh, God, I yeah, uh, yeah, sure, just, go there. That's fine. Let's, just, let's let let's let all your listeners just remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> we invited you on as a guest, as a courtesy, in fact. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mention my contract. Said don't mention. Uh, Barcelona at Anfield. Uh, <laughs> no, but you know when when all them came on in that game, and, and there were interviews with him afterward, and basically how he said he was he was so upset that he was left off the team sheet. There, you know what I mean? The, so I don't know. Maybe that lights a fire under him. But I, I think if I'm Klopp, um, one, I'm much taller, and two, <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I, I think. Um, you know, I, I think I start my best eleven, and if right. and if uh, you know, Wijnaldum's healthy and Hendo's healthy and, and Fabinho, I think I start those guys. So I don't know, but you're right. The 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 attack feels like it's been lacking a little bit. However, you know, they're sort of you talked about it before about their. Um, their ability to come back and, and get points from losing positions this year has been unreal. Um, and I really think that Champions League run last year um, has convinced them that they can they can overcome anything, really. Yeah. So I mean, one of the one of the interesting things about their late, I guess, ability to to pick up three points um, most of the time is that. It reminds me a lot of when Real Madrid, quite honestly, won the Champions League uh, for for the three years in a row that they did, in the sense that in the league, they weren't able to do that as often, whereas in the Champions League, they would do that 
all the time. And yeah. now it's almost the opposite for Liverpool, where in the league they're able to do it on a consistent basis. Um, but you see them kind of slip. I mean, they slipped up against Napoli. They, you know, had some troubles even today against Gank and in the Champions League. And so it, you see it a little bit more in Europe after last year. But what's more impressive to me is that they're able to consistently do it in England. And I think that's much more important if you're looking towards, uh, you know, a run for the Premier League title. Yeah. And it, and and it's funny because everybody, anybody who's like a Liverpool fan knows that the league title is way more important than anything else. You know, <laughs> if you ask them, do you, would you want to do you want to repeat like a third consecutive Champions League final or a league trophy? I mean, everybody's going to say league, right? Yeah, it's a luxury that you have when your team's won it six times. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes, that, that's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. I mean, looking towards now, I guess the the other side, um, looking at Liverpool from uh, from the Manchester City perspective, you know, obviously this is one of the strongest teams in Europe. Um, obviously, they're the best team in England from last year and the year before. But as a Liverpool fan in their current state, what? What scares you the most about City? You know, when you look at this team, what do you think could be the the point or the focal point of their team that could break down Liverpool as a whole? Um, I mean, I, I think Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, he's he's <laughs> a good shout. One of, if not, what's that? <laughs> that was a good shout. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, he like De Bruyne is like he is their their guy. Everything he's the he's the guy that makes um, all of their attacks happen you know what I mean I mean they're obviously a great team even without him they are one of the best teams in in England and Europe without him but if he's there and um you know he's he's healthy I mean he's he's unbelievable he's at the top he's at the top with almost any player in the world so I think anytime you have Kevin De Bruyne on your side um and then you have other attacking pieces around him um Silva Bernardo Silva, uh, Aguero, if Aguero's healthy, uh, Sterling, who's been uh, on fire for the start of the season. You, uh, I mean, you, you got to be scared. Yeah, And absolutely. again, just to reiterate, especially when you have Dejan Lovren. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, so I'm going to bring it back to what you asked me before. Am I enjoying the ride? Yes, but that doesn't mean that I don't still have uh, fear, um, <laughs> you know, all, all from head to toe on, on Sunday. Yeah, no, I, I lately I've been as a Chelsea fan. Obviously, I have quite an affinity for Mr. Jose Mourinho. So a lot of these. <laughs> Bad, I take ears, I take the bad and the good. I take I take all of it. I, I love the bad and the good from him. You know what? If you if you were ever my manager, I would love him just because everybody else hates him. It's <laughs> you know amazing I mean? for that fact alone. Oh, it's so yeah. great! But but with that, like I go into a lot of these games, just kind of thinking, wow, what would what would Mourinho do? Going against these type of teams, that's right? such or, an unhealthy way. To I, think. I, I just love to think. I just love to think about because he would only care about stopping the focal threat of the other team. So, I, he would definitely be hoping to get a draw and then maybe maybe a lucky counter. Yeah, yeah, perhaps, perhaps. But 
park three buses. <laughs> but I do wonder. I'm go, so from both sides here, I'll, I'll give you what I believe. What I guess my what Mourinho might do on both sides here. So from Liverpool side going against City, I want to get your thoughts on this. What do you think? There's ever a possibility that. Klopp chooses someone to man mark De Bruyne because at least I've talked in past um, episodes how De Bruyne actually in terms of like City's expected assists, which hopefully you're a little familiar with the stat, but basically just just a measure of um, of key of how of uh, key passes and in, in terms of like what areas of the box they're they're played into and whatnot. But yeah. um, he accounts for almost 50% of their midfield's expected assists. So, like you were saying, he's he's so focal to them, but but you wouldn't expect him to be their main threat. That's in terms of he's taking up so much of the lion's share of their of their chances creating because you don't think of City as yeah. needing one player to do that. But, you know, do you think there's ever a possibility that for that Fabinho or maybe Wijnaldum and someone like that man marks him during this game? Do you think that Klopp would ever consider that? Um, I don't. I don't think so. And, and one reason why is I actually think the success, the recent success that Liverpool's had over uh, over Man City and Pep specifically is because. So it it's not to be critical of Pep and his style of play because he's he's obviously a genius right and he's and he's done amazing things with clubs and all different leagues and all that that being said he plays one consistent way right and it's it's oh they have to have possession they want to have possession they want the ball and they're going to control the tempo uh in every way possible the thing that I love about Klopp is that he has a style of play, but he also he's willing to adjust depending on the situation. And so the games, other than the 5-0 uh, drubbing back in, what was that, 2017-18, yeah. when uh, Man City won the league by like a thousand points, <laughs> um, they, at that, game, that game at Man City... Um, Mane uh, got a red. Yeah, when he got so sent off. Down. Yeah, early yeah, too. Really off, early. Yeah, for uh, for Cleet to uh, Emerson's face. Yeah, uh, or Ederson's face. So he got sent off, and then they end up dropping him. And everybody forgets about that because then they came back later in the season, and Liverpool tied him and then beat him, um, tied him in the league and beat him in Champions League, and so. Like and they and they beat him pretty soundly in the Champions League, and I think it's because if Liverpool is sound defensively, they can they will counterattack him. And I'll tell you, the one reason why I'm feeling like confident about Sunday is I think our style of play can vary to the degree that like we can counterattack. And I don't think Man City is confident in their defense at all. At least if I were them, I would not be confident. Yeah. And so because because of that, 
I feel like if they are, if Liverpool is organized defensively, especially in their defensive line and, and midfield line, um, and being aware of where uh, De Bruyne is, I don't think you need to man mark him. Because I trust, I would trust Fabinho, Henderson, and just for the sake of argument, if it's Ronaldo, uh, to, to find him within the midfield or on the wing. And then as soon as they win the ball, I mean, to have... Firmino and Firmino and Salah and and uh, Mane coming at your like basically your back two guys because your wing backs are up so high. Love that. Yeah, no, I mean, City are so <laughs> have so little confidence that Pep is refusing to play center backs at this point. So <laughs> I know it's I know. it's he's, unbelievable. He's got Firmino is is so old he can't play defensive mid anymore, right? Yeah, and then. Oh, to Mende, he might be as bad <laughs> as Lover. I don't know. He, at least, he is. He is, yeah. Like, having watched him with Argentina, I can confidently tell you that he is worse than Lover. He's that bad, is he? Yeah. 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 But, but back to what you're saying in terms of these two different styles of the team, that's kind of the thing I love most about watching these two teams play each other because, like you said, City – Love the control, and they're the very. It's like it's like a. It's kind of like a Alvin Costello kind of thing, you know, where where <laughs> Liverpool thrive in chaos. They absolutely thrive in chaos, and and City try to stay more straight face, and they're trying to they're trying to just control every little thing. That's Pep is like all, pretty much OCD <laughs> for, uh, for football, right? And. Yeah. yeah. And and you've seen you've seen in the past with City when these games get chaotic, as we saw with the Tottenham game. You know, uh, granted they kind of got screwed on the on the VAR thing at the end, but but in the Tottenham game, in terms of last season Champions League, that game was what two two after twenty minutes and immediately chaos, and they could never get control of that game. And that's what I love most about watching them play Liverpool because it's just trying not to let the game become chaotic, which is what Liverpool absolutely love. They want to be running at you, and because they're the best pressing team in the league, they can actually somewhat (laughs) kind of put City off, who's such a great team playing out of the back, and can do it against literally any team that tries to do it, basically except Liverpool, because they're so regimented in there in how they um, press and, and they know exactly when to go and, and it's the coordination on their pressing is so impressive because everyone tries awesome. to press but not everyone can actually do it coordinated in a coordinated fashion and that's where people run into the problem of thinking that pressing high is not is like not a good thing to do or something like that. Yeah, but if you can be if you can be organized in it, right? I mean, there, there's a really great uh, Klopp quote from I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but he talks about he's like, yes, organization is important, and you need to be organized defensively and to have uh, balance and all those things. He's like, but if your organization and I'm paraphrasing here, but if they, if your organization doesn't have passion and life, then it's nothing at all. And I think that really says all that you need to know about Klopp as a manager where it's like yeah he is he's meticulous about where guys need to be and all of that but he also infuses it with an energy and you can see it in the team he infuses it with an energy that like 
can can even be, make the the best most composed players seem you know unbalanced. And I love I love that. That's what that's one of the things that I love about Klopp. Yeah, it's 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 the anti Maurizio Sarri where uh, it's just control and just play very very safe passes and don't allow Kovacic or Jorginho to actually try to play risky passes. <laughs> and, but that's that's a, that's, a, that's a talk for another day. But um, but yeah, yeah. I, I love right. it. Wow, that seems that seems to be a, a tender issue for you there. <laughs> <laughs> it's it. Was very tough for most of last season. Sorry, ball. Yeah, yeah. But I think, um, I, like I said, the, the styles, contrasting styles, are amazing. That's that's my favorite part of watching these two teams play each other. Yeah, yeah. This this weekend is undoubtedly going to be one of the most exciting weekends of the Premier League season. Um, and I know we don't want to hold you for too much longer, but we do obviously want to get your your thoughts here on how you think the game is going to go um, and where do you see Liverpool going the rest of the season? Um, so with the game in particular, I think there are going to be probably goals in it, <laughs> um, especially especially with the last um, the way the last couple of games have gone for for. Uh, Liverpool defensively. Um, I mean, it, it really depends on who's starting in the back with with the uh, the obviously tried and true three that have been back there for for the last you know uh, uh, several um, well last year and this year and all. The Lovren's in there, you know, obviously it's going to make it shaky. You're bound for a mistake or two or three or four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, for this weekend, I don't know. I I would say it's probably going to be maybe like a 3-2 or something like that um, in Liverpool's favor. I just think – so one thing I do think is that if – if Liverpool end up countering and getting an early goal or two, it could open it up and it could just be a route. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'll say I'll say three two uh, Liverpool's favor. That's my hope. Um, and then in terms of the the season, you know, I, I mean it's a cliche, but taking it one game at a time. Um, I like. I, I'm, I'm very excited about where they are. If you told me after 11 games that they'd be 10, 0 and 1 uh, with their point total and be six points up on uh, Man City, I mean, I would take that in a heartbeat. Um, so you know, uh, I hope they end up at the at the top of the table. Uh, but it's a long season, and I'm gonna do my best to enjoy um, each game. And try not to uh, curse in front of my three-year-old son when something goes wrong. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's probably a good strategy for your <laughs> three-year-old try, son. Try to maintain some sort of sanity, yeah. as possible when when things aren't going well. But yeah, well, what do you guys think about this weekend? Uh, I am si- similar to you in terms of. I think if Liverpool gets the first goal in the first 10 minutes, I'd be really, really worried for City. Um, I do think there'll be a lot of goals. I'm going to say a 2-2 draw. Um, it's, it's weird to say that I feel like it's something of a must-win for City um, because it's so early. 
but it, you know, I mean, it kind of is because if Liverpool win, they're nine points clear. Right. Well, well, yeah, it's definitely a must not lose. Like, right. it's definitely right. a must not lose. But um, wait, wait. One one thing that we didn't talk about is that it's at Anfield. Yeah, yeah. That that was my. We've all seen Pep's yeah. comments about Anfield. Now yeah. it's a different atmosphere. Uh, there's a different energy there. I mean, I think he's saying it out of jealousy and envy because it's <laughs> the most bland stadium and the, the fan base is just so boring. Yeah. But, um, yeah, sorry, Danny. No, that's no, no, no. But that's, that was hard. the reason why I was. I, I can't say. I can't say that I think they'll win. I, I, that's my reason. That's my reasoning there. Is because you know he's. They've never looked very good playing there, right? And granted, you know that yeah. first game last season, they had a chance at the end. Mares puts it basically into Manchester oh. on the penalty. Oh, um, he got so scared. He got so shook. It was, that, it was actually amazing because I remember watching that game and being like, is Pep trying to just manufacture a moment for Mahrez instead of just giving it to, to like his best players? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so on my end, I'm going to go with a 2-2. I think there'll be a lot of goals, but I can't see how you lose. I, I mean, I, I can see how you lose this game, but I my gut feeling is that you don't lose because I just don't know if they're going to be able to actually get control of this game. And, and we haven't, I mean, I guess a 2 1 at, at the Etihad was somewhat of a chaotic game a bit, right? But that was very back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, maybe that's, that's the encouragement. But, you know, last season, both here in both of the games, a ball went in by like two centimeters and a ball was kept out by two centimeters. So, you know, it was. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that. I think you guys make very good points. The one reason that I think I'm very hesitant to go with one side or the other is because I think the defensive flaws of Liverpool, or excuse me, of City right now, combined with the lack of a defensive, I guess, wherewithal when it comes to Liverpool's midfield, I think they combine to lead to a lot of goals either way. I just... I don't know where those goals are going to be, but because it's at Anfield and because it's Liverpool's own stadium, I've I've seen it. I'm too scarred. Like I'm too scarred to pick against Liverpool in this situation. Just I know. Just say it, Elias. Say Liverpool. <laughs> say Liverpool. Nothing. I'm I'm actually I'm genuinely I'm going to go to Liverpool win because I I'm, I'm too shook to even choose against them, but. I'm gonna go with a, I'm gonna go with a four three Liverpool win. I think it's gonna be an absolute goal fest. I don't think that there's any solid defensive structure. It's not within any of these two managers to to play defensively. They're not gonna set up a five man block. They're not gonna set up men in the half block. They're they're gonna go through the channels. Mourinho would play three at the back against Liverpool. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm positive he would play three at the back. Oh, it would be. No, you know what you do? He'd play, he'd play a 9 0 That's what he'd play. It's so disrespectful. 9-0-1. Spence won three Premier League titles, okay? Yeah. Hey, oh yeah, respect, man. Respect. Ellie, <laughs> Ellie, because you, because you picked Liverpool, I'm going to go back in. I'm going to change that A minus you got freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, retroactively, it's you're you're about eight years too late for my high school transcript. Listen, listen, I'll let Penn know. All right, <laughs> uh, it's 
<laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get the retroactive cum laude. My parents will be so proud. <laughs> yeah, tell them. Let them <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but that's that's honestly what I'm gonna go with. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be very, very back and forth. And I think there are a lot of goals in this one. I'm, I'm expecting it to be four three in in Liverpool's favor because I have no reason to bet against them and a lot of reasons to bet against City um, at Anfield. So that's that's where I'm thinking right now. You'll never walk alone, Elias. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. <laughs> well, with uh, with that, with the predictions being wrapped up here, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today's bonus pod of our preview of one of the biggest weekends in European football this season. Of course, we will bring you a recap of this game next week once we get our thoughts and settle our minds. Hopefully, it won't be a boring game. But um, we will be in Philly with a group of friends and, of course, Mr. Zalaski's including that. And uh, we will bring you guys our thoughts next week on the game. So with that, Rian and I are signing off here with Mr. Z. Take care, guys. Thank you, fellas.